0: Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, we are talking about supervision, not counseling.
1: Hmm, that could be really tricky to define. Um, I think it's important to look at what the goal of supervision would be. Heather, what's your goal? Well, I hope that after time with my interns that they launch into therapists that are self-confident, know when to look back and get help if they need it, and hopefully that develops into a relationship within the community of people that I'll refer to, or people that um, we can have collaborative thought
0: with. Oh, so really uh, growing and building the profession. Yes. Um, I think, Heather, your goal sounds similar to mine and similar to the goal that I have with quite a few of my clients, that ultimately they are going to be self-sufficient and take care of themselves and um, know how to solve problems. Um, those Those are the types of interns or supervisees that I'm hoping to launch. Yeah, absolutely. So I think now we need to look
1: at defining uh, counseling. I mean, you have similar goals for people that you're
0: counseling, but how is it different? Mm-hmm. Okay. So supervision, not counseling. So what is, if we, we agree, we know what supervision is, what is counseling? Uh, I think counseling is a relationship. It has a goal. I can see why this is easily confused with supervision. Easily. I
1: think that counseling maybe for me in session is a little different because I'm going to go maybe a little deeper into their own introspective.
0: Hm, okay. So more reflection with with a client versus a supervisee. Yes. Okay. I think at least in my counseling versus my supervision, uh there's less teaching. Absolutely. There's a lot less direction. With a supervisee, I'm far more directive yes. occasionally when okay, it, when yes. it's it needed. Um, and allow, I would allow a client a lot more self-discovery. Yes,
1: absolutely. And I think that's the important part to define the difference because there may be times that we need to tell our interns they need to do some more of their own counseling work.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're looking for some more information, something that uh, Heather and I read Uh, We read the um, Play Therapy magazine available from the Association for Play Therapy December 2019, an article written by Ann Stewart and Sue Bratton, and they referred to trauma-informed supervision and talked about uh, that supervision is about minimizing power and control dynamics, encouraging a dialogue and collaboration, but also ensuring that supervision is different from therapy. I think it's really important
1: to Consider those dynamics going into it. And when we we're reviewing the article, it really talked about the difference in when there is trauma or when there is something that your um, intern may be dealing with, uh, walking the tightrope, knowing when it's time to push forward and look for um,
0: getting their own help. Mm mm-hmm. So there's room for self-reflection in supervision, but there's a limit to how much of that can be done in supervision. Right.
1: You don't want things to become so therapeutic during your supervision time
0: that you're actually not doing the work of supervision. Mm -hmm. I think also it's a good example for supervisees that we model that there are some professional boundaries within that relationship.
1: Right. Absolutely. And there are some different levels too. You can go for your own therapy, which all of us have done through the time of our schooling, but also you can just get consultation more than just your supervisor. Mm -hmm. I know I get consultation from peers and I've been a supervisor a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Heather, in your time as a supervisor, when were some times where you had to let a supervisee know that they really needed to seek some outside support through counseling?
1: Um, I had a supervisee that was dealing with some of her own loss in her family, some grief and loss work. And she was also working at a grief counseling program. Oh, tough. Yeah. A lot of times some of her own stuff came back up and she was sharing that with her clients. Oh. So there's a there was a line for her to learn about being compassionate and relating to what they're clients were going through, but then also knowing when her own stuff maybe
0: needed to be worked through. Mm -hmm. So things that were personal to her were entering supervision as well as her sessions. Right. And I don't know that she had really completed her own work in that area yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I find that this happens with my supervisees and it isn't as big as a trauma. Right. Um, It could be some of their own i I say bias, but I uh, appreciating that we all have our own bias. Um, I can think of a time where in talking to a supervisee, I wanted to reflect on um, I think we were, we were actually talking about level of education, and that her perspective on people with or without education really came into the discussion. and I don't know that she needed counseling for that, but she needed the time and space to reflect on that. And probably more than we could commit to it in supervision. Right. And I think it's important to consider like what that looks
1: like. Um, I know I have plenty of things that just with my own caseload and with my supervisees that I need to reflect on to become a
0: better and more effective therapist or supervisor. Uh, So how have those conversations gone for you? Uh, With a supervisee? Most of the time, really well. I Mm
1: -hmm. did have one that was not so great. Um, She came from a very, very religious standpoint. She was um, very strong in her faith. And we were talking in supervision about how that might not always go well in the counseling room. Mm -hmm. If you're working with people of different faiths or different faith backgrounds. Um, When I encouraged her to reach out and do some work in that area, because she did have some... um, judgments against people that didn't believe the same as her. She was very offended and mm-hmm. and did not like that I was recommending that she learn about other religions or other cultures. And I think that's something we all have to do
0: in the work that we do. Mm-hmm. How do, do you think it affected your relationship with her?
1: I, it did for a little bit. She didn't leave. Um, I didn't fire her. Nothing like that happened. But I know she was hesitant to bring up those things and I wasn't really asking for her to go do her own therapy work. I was asking for ways that she could reflect or ways that she could learn about different interactions that would be appropriate.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it does emphasize the need for open and uh, openness and honesty within the supervision relationship that it's hard for a supervisor to know when someone needs counseling, when they need time for more reflection, when they're... something happening in their own lives is impacting supervision or counseling if the supervisee is not being open and honest.
1: Oh, absolutely. I can remember when I was a supervisee and I had a um, supervisor who was just my on-site supervisor. So we didn't do a lot of process work, but he was my on-site supervisor. I told him about something that was going on in our family, just kind of as crosstalk, like in a break room. And he immediately turned around and looked at me and said, "Uh, you're going into counseling, right? Like, you're going to go back and see your therapist, which was shocking at first. But then I thought, huh, I kind of like that he pointed that out. That's a big thing to be going through and not have the support of a counselor.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and it sounds like with your supervisor at the time, you had a relationship where he could say that. Right. And it didn't totally throw you off. It didn't stop you from having positive supervision with him or stop you from getting counseling if you needed it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can think of some times where, and I feel like maybe this is the case for me most often. If I am acknowledging that there's a concern with a supervisee and pointing it out to them and asking them to reflect or asking them to do some, maybe some counseling around that um, the times where it hasn't gone that well, I think that they are uncomfortable. They maybe want to change the topic. Um, they maybe minimize it, the the concern and um, kind of pump up the, the efforts that they've made to right. address it. Um, but for me, even if they aren't ready to acknowledge it right then, it always comes up again. Right. It will always
1: circle back around because it's the sticking
0: point. Mm-hmm. So uh, even if, they're maybe not wanting to address it. It just seems to keep coming back over and over. um, And it gives me a chance to say, again, this is really something we need to look at. This is something you need to spend more time on. Do you ever give them ideas for their own self-reflection? Like if they're stuck, like do you Mm -hmm, ever give them? I do. Um, I think sometimes when I'm, you know, giving them this gentle confrontation, they might think, this is, this is Sarah's thing. Sarah thinks this is a problem and I don't think it's, no one else thinks it's a problem that, um, some homework that I might give them is asking them to go ask other counselors that they trust.
1: Right. That's a great way to get them thinking and to get other feedback other than just from you.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like I'm just, I'm the only one with this opinion or this, uh, agenda. Right. Can you think of anything else, Heather, that you might give as homework or direction
1: um, I've often encouraged my supervisees, especially early on, to write about our supervision times. And even if they're not sharing that with me all the time, if they're journaling about their supervision times, it eventually comes out.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. I think, though, uh, some, maybe similar to a client, there's the right type of supervisee that would really get a lot out of that. Right. And a different supervisee might not get as much
1: oh, absolutely. out of
0: the same right. practice. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, Heather, in your you, and you talked about this a little bit in your experience as a supervisee, sup, a yeah, supervisee, not the supervisor. Right. Um, when has this happened to you, and what was your follow through? Uh, my follow
1: through in that case was actually just to get peer and group support. Um, what I was going through in my family was just a lot of loss all at one time. And it really was something I needed to put my head around so that I could be effective in the counseling room. I took a couple of days off to do that um, just so I could be in the right headspace. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to think of a time where this happened for me. And it does make me think that I've had quite a few supervisors that maybe were not really comfortable with confrontation, um, and maybe didn't call me out when I needed them to call me out. Right. Um, and I could, I maybe like would have appreciated and grown a lot more had I had that. Um, but I think supervisors that have helped me in that way, pointing out times where, um, I was having a hard time with something. I can remember, actually, now I do think I can remember one example. Um, and, I'll have to email her and tell her thank you after we finish. There we go. um, That she pointed out a toxic work situation. So it wasn't directly client related, but it was certainly affecting me and my counseling. Okay. Um, She pointed out a common dynamic and a common theme that I'd experienced in my personal life as well as counseling and in this work setting. And it made such a difference. Right. When you can reflect back and see it from someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's really something that I've taken with me, not just in that one toxic work environment, but I've taken it and looked at it several times since then. Um, and it, it was both a confrontation and um, a, a moment where she and I really had um, our relationship grew a lot. Through yeah, that. absolutely. We talked about today so far. What, how we're defining and and our goals of supervision and the difference between that and counseling. We talked about uh, some tough times where we've had to uh, address this with our supervisees, times where we've needed to talk to them about uh, seeking their own support or counseling or both. Right. right. And times in our own supervision where we've either needed to or been... uh, well, really called out right. <laughs> and told that we needed to get some of our own support or counseling. Um, I
1: think that we also talked about um, the reflective process and how to encourage others to do that process. It might be different in different ways, mm-hmm. but how to make sure that they
0: can um, process through what's going on. Sure. So m- both um, modeling that As part of being a supervisor, but helping the supervisee to feel comfortable with that process and know that it's part of being a counselor. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed today uh, on Supervision with a Vision. We discussed supervision, not counseling. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy. To join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.